0: I actually slept all night. I don't normally do that. Normally, uh, <laughs> normally I wake up and I toss and I turn and all this other stuff. And it's just uh, it's just interesting uh, to sleep all night and wake up and feel okay on top of everything else where I feel okay. Good morning. Good morning, everybody within my 100,000-watt combat radio signal. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. i am going to say many things today that you're going to agree with, and maybe some of you don't. You should call me and talk to me about that. one 800 905 Or the text line 71307. The Clash of Ideas is always fun. On the, uh, the, the the show is streaming live on the WORD Facebook page, if, that's, if that is your cup of tea. And if you're busy and you don't have time for any of those things, well, the podcast is available to you for free on the free Odyssey app. Now, I'm going to tell you something that may come as a shock to you. All of these guys all of these elites who come to you and want to push this depopulation agenda, these are very dangerous individuals. They have no interest in life. They pursue policies that either outright kill people or shorten their lives and discourage them from reproducing. Sometimes members whisper this out loud like John Kerry did when he said, uh, the world's population is unsustainable. Prince Philip, when he was passing away, he said, in the event that I am reincarnated, I would like to return as a deadly virus to contribute something to solving overpopulation. But most of the time they speak in code, in the dog whistles. By advocating for policies that deal with some woke issue But the end effect spreads infertility and death. Their favorite one is abortion. Just kill the baby before it even sees the light of day. And that's not about women's rights. It's about reducing the number of babies. And rationing fuels necessary for heating homes and generating electricity isn't about saving the planet. It makes us harder to survive on this planet. And forbidding the use of fertilizer that might help farmers feed a hungry world isn't about fighting climate change. That's all about inducing an unforced famine. Encouraging children to volunteer for castration isn't about respecting their authentic gender. This is uprooting the family tree before these kids even reach puberty. And of course, you know, forcing people to take a vaccine That's not about saving lives. It's about reducing lifespans. And these are all facts. So, play this game with me, if you will. Just accept them for what they are. A natural question arises. Why should the people of planet Earth sit back and do nothing while their leaders quietly orchestrate their slaughter? Because right now we have the feudal lords running around killing babies and castrating children and starving serfs and depriving the peasants of electricity. And a more rational generation would look around at all this and conclude that the world's reigning nobility needs to come down in flames, needs to be burned away post-haste. And that would probably be what was going on except for the witchcraft of propaganda and indoctrination. There is a depressingly large number of useful idiots that their campaign of child mutilation and mayhem and senseless murder is somehow virtuous. How do you commit genocide without anybody calling you what you are, a monster? You simply teach the victims that their murders are the right thing to do. And... After a generation or two, the most malleable among us will be volunteering to help massacre themselves. And this is a very, very dangerous game. The only way a minuscule number of ruling families can dominate the planet is if the global population continues to believe this. And most of them are going to try to believe that this is something they came to, some idea. And as soon as that spell is broken... And people wake up and you know, right now they're talking about systemic racism and slavery effects and everything. We are right now imposed in slavery, self-imposed. And as soon as enough people understand this, the pitchforks come out and it is absolutely imperative that the masses keep chanting for for this to work. They have to keep chanting about climate change and transgenderism. Because they're, they're they're chained up. They're just chained up right now. They're not going to break it. They're not going to break it. They're not going to get rid of the Machiavellian masters. And there's a reason they'd been slow walking the peasants toward their New World Order cages. They knew that if everybody started to wake up and see them for what they are, well, that would mean lights out for them. So, better to keep people in the dark let them dig their own graves nobody wanted to admit the great reset has started, but then we had two things that happened donald trump got out there and balkanized you know the you know he he, he woke the sleeping american dragon and COVID came COVID came. And with COVID, there was a lot of uncertainty in the beginning. Everybody seems to have forgotten that part. A lot of people didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was going on for sure. We made fun of it at SHOT Show, but it it turned out to be a thing. I actually caught it at SHOT Show, went through it. I was down for the better part of February. It was rough, but I survived it. But with those lockdowns that they got, that was very intoxicating for them to have that kind of control. And, It was so good. It was such a good high that like the open air drug markets that are, you know, on the West Coast right now, they decided to go out in the open and they're not hiding anymore. Censorship and control of the future. The ruling families will continue inventing new things to fear. The authoritarian cat is out of the bag and the stakes are high. So if, you, if you're still sitting there saying the government needs to do this and the government, no, 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 no. no You need to ask yourself when the ruling class last did something that was actually good. When was the last war they started that ended up saving lives or ensuring long-term peace? What was the last economic program that they did that did anything other than enrich the wealthy while impoverishing the non-elites? When was the last conspiracy theory that they mocked and censored that did, didn't end up being true? And they, they, they engage in war for profit and they steal from the middle class pockets the disparage truths as lies and peddle endless lies as the official truth. This is what happens when they're in power. They get to decide what is and is not the truth. So there's a simple test for evaluating whether they should be med- permitted to maintain power over people does it act in ways to protect them their lives ensure their liberty secure their private property people defend this naturally this is just something people would defend and uh, they'll, they'll they'll stop defending this you know they'll stop fighting for this in in exchange for the government's promise that they will only take up the struggle of preserving these treasures on the people's behalf and if they fail to do this then they have failed. They've simply failed. And then we have to pick up our swords again and then, you know, defend ourselves. And does the government pass the test? I'm, I'm about to run out of time. I don't have the ways to tell you how many ways it has failed the test. So everything that's out there today, everything that's out there for your convenience, most of that is also to distract you to distract you, I'm gonna show you exactly what I'm talking about. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. All right, we're gonna talk about how convenience Enslaves you. If you don't agree with me, you should call me 1 800 905 0989. If you do agree with me and I miss something, you should call me at 1 800 905 0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is, let me try that again. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 713207. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page and the podcast is available for you in its entirety for free at the free Odyssey app. Now, now then, I, I have never thought of myself as being some sort of special person. I didn't take the SATs in in high school because my thought process at the time was I was going to get out of school, go straight to work, and by the time everybody else graduated from college, I'd probably be making what they were making, but I would have worked my way up in within some sort of company, which that turned out not to play, play out the way I wanted it to, but I thought it was a fairly decent plan. And, uh, after that, you know, I, 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 uh, from 18 to 23, I just was, you know, I did a few different things. I was never superb at anything. Right. And this troubled me a bit. I I wasn't troubled by working, but I, I was wondering what I was getting wrong. Now, I know that there's people that are smarter than me, although the ASVAB test sort of laid waste to some of that part because within the ASVAB test, there's this thing called a GT score, and some of you military guys know what that was. They remember what that was. Mine was 135, which they told me in 1984. This meant I could fly a plane. This meant I could open up a skull. This meant I could, but then, you know, it turned out I was colorblind. So, oh, my. Well, you're a smart guy that we can't use, but they did use me and, uh, you know, I enjoyed my military time. But, you know, there's guys like Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, Sergey Brin. You know, these guys are out there right now. They have more money than God. They, They probably scored perfect or close to it in their SATs. They have companies that employ hundreds of thousands of people, generate billions of dollars. They get to be in magazines and stuff like that. The problem is that most of these guys turn out to be hardcore leftists, which makes me wonder. They're animated my and put their money behind things like climate change and DEI and open borders. They supported the BLM scam. Many of their companies censor conservative speech. They support things like the Paris Climate Accords and the WHO, and they were largely all in on the COVID scam. And most of all, they support Democrats who push for higher taxes, to funding the police, and more government regulations, particularly on businesses. And this is where the trouble comes in. Because these guys, like I said, they are very smart. They've succeeded in ways few human beings can ever hope to. They've become rich and powerful beyond belief. They did all of this in the United States. Yet they support policies that are not only opposite of the traditional American value, but they also actively subvert the framework that allowed them to succeed in the first place. And as flawed as we are, this is where Microsoft and Google and Amazon and LinkedIn and eBay and Craigslist and, you know, how many of these opened up and found success? They employ large numbers of immigrants despite their success being rooted in America, not in India, China, or Europe. And it wasn't because of the government. The government did not help these guys succeed. They succeeded in America because government regulation was low them as a startup. They succeeded in America because that's where capital came to find attractive returns. They came, they succeeded in America because of who they had to work with, the people coming to them that wanted to work. These are people that were well-trained STEM graduates. They brought a unique set of skills. And the, all of these factors exist nowhere else on the planet. And this is why we created more prosperity and increased the worldwide standard of living more than any other nation in all of human history. But then they decided the fundamental rules that allowed them to prosper should no longer apply. So then we got climate change and institutional racism and gender equity and global inequality. And this superseded the 18th century anachronisms of the American Constitution and, and, and individual rights. So you don't get, you're not going to be allowed to decide how to heat your house or fuel your car or protect your property. You don't get to, you know, enjoy an American-centric foreign policy or an American economy that's managed in a way that empowers you. Criminals will not be held responsible for their actions. Students are not being taught objective facts or study what makes Western nations are great, but they'll be taught to change their gender on a whim. And we have a lot of things against us now. We have algorithms controlling what we can say or see, regulations about what we can or must do or what products or services we're allowed to purchase. And they graciously inform us that they're applying their intellectual brilliance to make our lives better. And, of course, then the rest of the world, and they should know what's best because look at how smart and successful they are. But their compassion for the world's less fortunate is pure fiction. Pure. And, you know, when you look at their solutions for worldwide inequalities, it isn't to encourage struggling nations to adopt the freedoms and the protections that, you know, made us successful here. They want to erase American borders, and they are all in on the Chinese uh, Communist policies and the increasing despotic EU. And they want us to listen to the UN, and they want us to listen to the WHO, and they want us to listen to Klaus Schwab. And here's where the problem comes in. In my my limited, but still very high-scoring intellect, Uh, I wonder why the policy would kill the coos that laid the golden egg here in the United States. Why is that the policy? Is it that these guys are so godlike in their mind's eye that they believe the fiction of nirvana on Earth? and, And that can only be accomplished by their policies. See, I'm too busy with my God, guns, and family to be equipped to see the big picture. Individual freedom does not make good collective decisions. That's what they say. So, here's my problem. I've learned from failure. And I, uh, uh, yeah, I listen to that who myself i've I've had my own failures, and um I've hit rock bottom on a couple of occasions. So I know how that feels. I know what that's like. But at the same time, I understand the real world. and being a mere mortal is going to be better in the long run to these demigods who have no idea what they're talking about one of the uh, one of the problems i have with 911 is the way it is t- is treated today the way it is you know i don't ignore it but a lot of places do this is news talk 989word You know, I, I look at 9-11 as one of those hinge moments in history. You know, I wasn't alive for a lot of the hinge moments, neither with you. But, I mean, we have these hinge moments in history that they just beckon to me. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. You know, we've had the American Revolution, the Civil War, both World Wars, Korea, Vietnam, America's had room to remember all of them, not not for 9-11, not as long as the Democrats have anything to say about it. The American Revolution was interesting because our Bill of Rights was passed when the French Revolution was peaking. Unlike the American Revolution, which was predicated on the rights of the individual, the French Revolution continued the totalitarianism of pre-revolutionary France. They just took it, you know, overturned it and took it over. They, they replaced the hated monarchy and aristocrats with the new tyranny of the commune. So the individual liberty versus my party gets to be the new tyrant. That's the fight that we're always involved in. We used to celebrate July the 4th as a day of tremendous value. But since nine eleven, that hasn't, uh, that's become, uh, it's a fight to remember the 4th of July for what it is. The Civil War forced the nation to come to terms with the divide between our values and practices, and we lost 600,000 people. World War I saw the formulation of the Wilson Doctrine, and George W. Bush played at that doctrine out when he decided to reshape the Middle East after 9-11. World War II not only gave rise to the Cold War, but also made us the world's dominant country. And when it ended, we won, but we had not been affected by any of the battles here in the United States, as bad as they were. And then everybody coming back, of course, we got to see them, but it was the only post-war nation that was defiantly capitalist. We became the wealthiest nation, and as Woodrow Wilson wanted us to be, the world's policemen. In 63, Kennedy was assassinated, and he became a Democrat martyr, which is sort of ironic given that today's Democrats would despise him. (laughs) And his death paved the way for LBJ, who was a bigger radical than Kennedy ever was, and whether on race or war, his policy shaped the 60s. The martyrdom makes sure that Kennedy's assassination is forever burned into our collective conscience. And then there's 9-11. It forced us to understand that there is 1.6 billion Muslims that in their doctrine and I'm just you know, looking at you know looking at some of the quotes, looking at some of the scripture they despise what we stand for, and we are the avatar of the West. This led to W getting me you know, he decided to go into the Middle East and do what he did. And I, I don't know if we could have ever change the Muslim culture. But the Democrats' frantic, relentless, anti-American opposition made victory impossible. And if you're not going into a war to win it, don't go. We also got out of this the Patriot Act, constant surveillance, and the risable notion that Islam is a religion of peace, the degradation of the military, and the leftists being allowed to rebuild it in their own image, a completely radicalized Democrat party. Since the 30s, 1930s, communists have been working within the Democrat Party to push it further left, but it was the anti-war protest that cemented today's hard-left Democrat Party, which now has never seen a war they don't like. And, uh, you know, then we got Obama. He was the antidote to W. Then we got Biden, which is, you know, Obama's successor. And we get open borders and 2020 election shenanigans. They all flowed from a newly ascendant left. Democrats owe a lot to 9-11 because fear was ruling the day during that time. But they have minimal interest in the day itself. And if you go to the CNN homepage yesterday, uh, right there with GMA anchor Robin Roberts marries Amber Lane in backyard ceremony. That's where the the 9-11 story was right beside that. Uh, MSNBC's homepage where 9-11 ranks below. There's at least one thing Trump doesn't appear eager to plant his name on. And Gropey Joe got out there and decided to deputize Kamala Harris to go and be his stand-in at the Ground Zero ceremonies. Biden is in Alaska, for whatever reason. Uh, He he was coming back. Uh, He's in Alaska. He didn't notice 9-11, but he celebrated the fact that his recent executive orders will once again make us economically dependent on nations espousing the same ideology that sought to destroy us. So I guess what bothers me the most about this, and I mean, you know, I, I told you yesterday, the thing that haunts me about 9-11 is those people who made one last decision in their life. And it's haunting. It's a haunting vision to watch them fall through the air. They're being buffeted about Because they are in free fall for 1,500 feet. And when they hit, they sound like a meteor hitting the ground. There's a lot of, you know, terminal velocity is what, 127 miles per hour? So they're doing 127 when they meet the ground or whatever it is they land on. Haunting to think of somebody forced to make that decision. For that reason, I remember it. I also remember the outrage of the attack and all the other things that went with it. I remember looking at the faces of the non-combatants, looking up at the sky, saying to themselves, how can this be? How can this have happened? Oh, you know. This happened because we ignore evil. Because it's not convenient. It's not fun. I'll tell you something else that's not fun. The electric vehicle craze is about to come crashing to a finish. This is News Talk 98.9 W.O.R.D. Well, there's one cat out of the bag, and they cannot pull it back, which is hilarious. The GS Plumbing Talk line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. Podcasts you can find on the free Odyssey app. This whole idea that the electric vehicle is going to be everywhere and there's not going to be any internal combustion engine vehicles out there is over. That honeymoon is over. And the marriage is on the rocks. And it's time. It's time for a little tough love. You Democrats that got out there, you environmentalists that got out there, this whole... Mass conversion from internal combustion engine vehicle to electric vehicle. You are hallucinating the whole time. Getting out there and putting your avatar, the resident of the United States, putting him out there and trying to get him to make, well, it's going to be a government policy, so there. It's just going to happen, so there. Uh, That is the most ill-conceived government policy objective in modern history. I mean, all we have to do is look at the trials and tribulations of Jennifer Granholm as she attempted to drive from Charlotte, North Carolina to somewhere in Georgia. And she ran into the first problem in 173 miles. The transition should have been a non-starter. You should have looked at that and said, just no way. You got too many deal killers in the way. It's like having a dozen fatal diseases and you got them all at the same time. You just don't have enough limbs to put the IVs into. Any goal, and this is a massive goal. Any goal for, for a total conversion from internal combustion engine to electric vehicle or the electric uh, vehicle uh, cars would require careful planning and intense infrastructure preparation. We would have to double the electric generation and the grid, expand the grid. And in today's world, that seems to be impossible. The EV promoters could never deliver on their promises. Their assurances were just them having some wishful thinking out loud and there was no market research wonder why no feasibility st- no feasibility studies do you wonder why it's such a smoking hot idea to get out there it takes me if i pull it takes me longer to find an open pump than it does for me to pump the gas okay do they think that people are going to say well we've driven our 135 miles and now we're going to sit here for the next 9 hours and charge up and This is great. This is lovely. Car dealers are resisting further deliveries of electric vehicles because of swelling inventories. Avis and Hertz can't get people to rent them. Despite this, despite the losses, manufacturers are ramping up production while the consumers balk at buying one. The market is flexing on itself, and something's going to have to give here shortly, and it'll it'll probably be the EV. And uh, I, I would, I, you know, the EV makers and the shareholders, they're going to get sort of tired of just setting money on fire. Now, up to this point, we have spent collectively, you know, they, they like to do everything collectively, let's do that. We've spent trillions of dollars on a dream fabricated based on imaginary payoffs decades in the future. And when this house of cards collapses, what's the reaction going to be? Now, as I mentioned earlier, I have hit rock bottom and that's when I take a moment to sit back and, uh, you know, I regret, I rethink and I, I, I absorb the humility that this imposes upon me. And I think about what I will do next. And it would be good if the Democrats slash environmentalists slash leftist slash totalitarians would learn something from the EV debacle. But the fact that they came up with this nonsense in the beginning means necessitates the idea for us to take and just embrace, because this is the way it is. They can't learn from this. They're going to say it's our fault for not adopting the technology. Despite the fact that, you know, you can go, you can, how many of you drive around today? How many of you that are in cars right now today, show of hands, how many of you see a charging station anywhere near you? On a text line, Bill, operationally spent 10 days in Puerto Rico, all over the country in those 10 days, I saw one Tesla sitting in a ditch wreck. <laughs> yeah. Listen, electric cars are going to be a thing one day. But there's going to be a lot of things that have to mature along with it. You see the infrastructure that we have in place right now just for transportation alone. You see that. And uh, how come, if you look around you, how come none of the gas stations that you go to, how come none of them are putting charging stations in there? There might be one or two out there. But how, it's not ubiquitous. It's not ubiquitous. And that's what we demand. When you drive around, and you say, "I can't find a gas station to save my life." You're out there and you're getting sort of angry about that because it's ubiquitous. You be, you become accustomed to, to seeing that. That's not going to uh, that's not going to be a thing that uh, you know is going to be overcome by this. Now, I'm going to tell you why the left can't learn from this lesson of this house of cards. Okay. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.